You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, As we are getting sitting down to record your Tuesday episode, I hope Victory Monday once again treated everybody well. Uh, You know, rolling into the holiday week and the greatness or the misery that can be, however your family or this holiday season is going to go for you, at least you get to start the week strong. With Victory Monday after a uh, pretty convincing, although not as clean as some people would like. And we're going to get to that uh, victory last night uh, as the Cleveland Browns bested the New York Giants 20-6 to at MetLife Stadium. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds reasonably and sustainably sourced from Botswana. Ten design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 19th at BlueNile.com. This is exciting. Limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. We're going to sit down today with a PFF senior writer, John Costco. We'll go over the good, the bad, the ugly of last night uh, in MetLife, a 20-6 Cleveland Browns victory. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. And, John, it's rare when we ever say this, and this isn't a knock on anybody else on this football team. Um, it's not. It just happens when you play with an absolute superhero in Miles Garrett. Let's continue to talk about the quarterback number six, Baker Mayfield, who right now is the best player on this Browns roster. Yeah. Um, when when your best player is your quarterback, um, good things happen for your football team. I think we've seen over the decades, you know, past two decades with the Cleveland Browns, the quarterback has never been the best player on the field for the Cleveland Browns. And um, it's always at times not even top 30. <laughs> right. And you, know, you got to, you've always had several other people. And then it was the quarterback. And right now, especially over the past eight games, it's Baker Mayfield. And you see what happens when the quarterback can play at a super high level. The offense becomes extremely efficient and uh, honestly, just fun to watch. So um, when when you are able to put a system and a place a, a structure in place for that quarterback to succeed, um, everything really flows with it. And you know, over over the past, you know, basically since you know starting week seven, Baker Mayfield is the number one quarterback, uh, number two quarterback in the NFL up behind Aaron Rodgers. If you take away the first throw of the game against the Cincinnati Bengals to OBJ, he's tied with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, over that stretch in terms of PFF grade um, from a clean pocket. He's the number one tied with Aaron Rodgers as well. So that is the level of play that he is at. And it's, it's and frankly, it's just very fun to watch. And uh, this is what gets you to win games in the playoffs when your quarterback is playing at this level. So it is, it is exciting to see this happening because it means that the playoffs actually can mean something rather than, well, we made it to the playoffs, but we got smoked because our quarterback sucked. That's not going to be the case this year, unless he doesn't play well. But if he plays at this level, there's a legit chance of, of making a deep playoff run. It gives you a puncher's chance as opposed to holding up the we went to the 2020 NFL playoffs and all I got is a stupid T-shirt. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just you have to appreciate him. Um, and 
you just saw it from jump last night and, you know, putting together the two 95 yard drives. Um, and I'll ask a little about the receivers. I don't think anybody was catching the ball as much as the ball was catching them. Like they had no choice. Even like Jarvis had the one, it was the, you know, about 18, 19 yards, uh, you know, running a dig route and going down. It was like, well, the ball is in your chest. All you kind of have to do is just make sure your arms hold it. But that's just where he was last night as far as, you know, location, uh, in the velocity and, you know, whoever it was, I forget, you know, I believe it was on Monday night football, you know, Oh, weak arm. Okay. Arm watch the kid throw the ball. Um, because there's certainly not a weak arm. And the funniest thing is if he was six foot three, he would probably be re- regarded as maybe having the strongest arm in the league. Um, so anybody down in the arm strength, it just gets comical. He might, he might have the strongest arm in the league. I think you, you definitely, he has in, in the PFF era, he has the longest throw from, Launch to endpoint over since 2006, um, based on, on that one Hail Mary. Granted, like you don't have quarterbacks throwing it that far very often, but it was the longest throw uh, in our recorded history of PFF. So, yes, he has a cannon for an arm. And yeah, he makes these receivers just. I, I think it shows that when it comes to the quarterback position, like, like the receivers can be good but if they don't have a quarterback that can throw them ball you'll never know it I think it showed with Richard Higgins when when the system or or just not getting the opportunities when the quarterback's not playing well he doesn't look like he's a good quarterback especially when we saw it with with the Sean Kaiser and and you know Cody Cody Kessler and stuff like that Richard Higgins can can play he can ball out and just give him an opportunity and get him in a system that utilizes his strength and he's very good um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is coming into his own. Obviously, we know the type of, ta- of talent that Jarvis Landry is. He might not be the on paper the most talented guy, but he, you know, nobody's going to outwork him, and he knows how to get open. He knows how to run routes. He knows he knows exactly how you know how Baker Mayfield likes to to throw the ball and where to be at the right spot. So, um, I mean, last night was was surgical. He had a, an adjusted completion percentage of ninety six point six, which. <laughs> Which, if people don't know, this is what adjusted completion percentage is. It, th- it takes out the throwaways, the, the batted passes, the hit is thrown. It basically, when and also also spikes, so like it, it removes all the uh, the non targeted throws, um, and then uh, you know throws that you know essentially got to their target point, and then it also any drops it adds them as a completion because a drop essentially got to that target point. So he was a ninety. He basically missed on on one throw last night, and that was a, the dig the dig route to, to Jarvis Landry in the middle of the third quarter. Um, other than that, he hit everything and that, that he was t- aiming for. And then uh, he did it with an average depth of target of 8.5 yards down the field, which, which is actually n- not all that high for him. His average for the season is a nine, like a 9.8. But when you look at how accurate you can, you have to be to be able to only miss on one out of 30 throws, um, that's extremely rare error to be in at the quarterback position over the PFF era since 2006, we've he's had that mark of a 96.6 is the third highest of all time. But all the guys that are in the top 10 were their average depth of target was seven or lower. So he was averaging it further down the field by at least 1.5 yards or more than everybody else in that top 10 list. Um, And most of them are in the the 4.8s. 5.2 5.2 range type type area for average depth of target. So uh, that just kind of shows how how good that performance was last night. Naturally, he was the highest graded quarterback of the week. 
And uh, just for sakes, it's just been an incredible run. Um, we'll see where that leads tonight. I know everybody, you know, you get into this, guys. I, I could care less about the Pro Bowl. I, I really do. Um, and they should certainly do away with it because um, it almost seems even this year more than any, it seems really, really silly to uh, assemble players from all over the country. I mean, we have a hard enough time containing this in houses as opposed to now taking 32 NFL cities and throwing it all together. But, you know, we'll get, you know, word on that type of stuff uh, a little bit later this evening. Um, unfortunately, the news for Chris Hubbard and Pete and I had talked about it last night. I was hoping for not the worst. Uh, it actually sounds pretty bad. Um, and Chris Hubbard will, you know, have surgery. It's, you know, looks pretty extensive. Um, and, you know, for Chris Hubbard, it, it started off kind of strong. It, dwind it dwindled in 2019 and actually kind of resurfaced as a player for the Browns in 2020, um, kind of being that next man up. Speaking of that, we got to see, and this is, you know, now you get to see, oh, we've gotten to see, other than Grant but we've gotten to see every piece of this 2020 Browns rookie class get an opportunity here, John. Nick Harris, hey, kids, second play of the game. I don't know how many reps you've had at right guard, but 53, get your butt on in there. Let's see what you got. Oh, by the way, 97, it's Dexter Lawrence. He's six foot five, 335 pounds, moves pretty well. Go ahead, kid, give it the old college try. How did Nick Harris yeah. put the plan out this first time? Grade-wise, it wasn't great. It was 55.1. Uh, um, and this is, this is like the testament of why quarterback play is so important and why they can mask – issues that happen on an offensive line. Don't be he great, got, be good enough. Be good enough. And, and the fact was that he, when you, especially when you have an offensive line with four really strong pieces and then maybe a weak link at one spot, you can hide that weak link because you know how to, to scheme around it. And especially if you have a quarterback that, that can, you know, decipher defenses and get rid of the ball quickly. He did, he did give up the one sack. Um, and that was actually the one, the one pressure that he gave up all game. Um, but he was beat on a couple other times where Baker got rid of the ball quickly enough and it didn't affect it, the play at all. Um, so in pass protection, so his pass protection was a 48.8. Um, so obviously not a great day in terms of that grade wise. Um, and then run blocking was a 56.1. Nobody on the Browns offensive line actually did really well run blocking. Um, I, I tweeted this out last night. The... <sighs> The, the Browns really miss Wyatt Teller when it comes to the run game. And I, and I, everybody talks about like Nick Chubb is a, is an awesome talent. Cream Hunt's an awesome talent, that position. And the rest of this offensive line is really good run blocking, but there's a physical presence that Wyatt Teller brings to the table that the Browns really need for their run game. Um, he doesn't block people. He gets like, like, he kills like a check plus plus. It's like, well, he didn't just do his assignment. He knocked the guy five yards out of the picture. He kills him. He's a mauler, and that's he's that. They're all all like you know. But, but his, this defense line is really good. This, I mean, I don't think people understand. Probably, maybe not until last night, like how good that that defensive line is with those front three guys. They can, they can. They, I mean, they stop the Browns' running attack pretty much, and and it's they're nine hundred pounds, and they can all move. Right, and so I think the Browns' defensive line should aspire to that. The interior guys for sure, but. um I mean, the offensive line. You have to give Nick Nick Harris did about as well as I expected him to do. I mean, he he's playing out of position. He's never going to be a guard at this level. That's not his position, and I think he did about as well as he you know he, he could um, based on you know what what he had to um, you know being thrust into the spot and probably seen you know a handful of reps a week in practice at the right guard position. Ideally, and you're not going to do it to J.C. Trader, but ideally, if if this was something you had to do long term. 
you'd probably say to JC, hey, kid, hey, guy, let the kid play center. You know all the calls anyway. You take, you handle it from right guard. At least let's keep him comfortable. I did notice there were a couple of times where he was pulling. He kind of let up, and as opposed to you know taking it to the outside, he wasn't sure. And, and I know there was one specifically. And Nick Chubb kind of looked at him like, bro, I needed you there. And then maybe we had 15. But look, I mean, it's a work in progress. And obviously, A, the kid's head was swimming just being in there. And B, he's not a guard. He, he's a center. So, you know, yeah. trying to play out of position in your first NFL reps against a great, great defensive front. That's the one thing the Giants do have going for them. John, we know Baker scored extremely well. Any Anybody else close <laughs> to where Baker was? Yeah, Austin Hooper had a really strong game, um, especially as a receiver. He had an 87.5 overall, um, and he was solid as a, as a blocker. He was actually one of the highest-graded blockers on the, on the team in the game. Um, but, you know, he, he was efficient. I think, um, you know, he had a lot of first-down catches for uh, on the day, uh, four of them. Uh, out of four out of his five were either first down or touchdown. So um, passer rating when, when, when targeted was 140.4. So he had a really strong game and Jarvis Landry did as well. And, and at a 73, uh, 78.3, um, you know, ultra, uh, ultra efficient, seven of eight, 61 yards and a touchdown um, four t- four first downs. I think that's a big thing that people kind of maybe forget about um, when you talk about, just receiving stats, like a stat line of seven for 61 doesn't seem like all that much, but four of his catches went for first down. So it's like, he's moving the chains, um, you know? And so those, those guys, those guys really stepped up and, um, you know, Joku had a solid day. Harrison Bryant also had a solid day as well. And, and, and Joel Batoni was not bad as well. So um, all got, all those guys are above 70 in the grades. Um, and, and that's the thing is like when, Another thing we keep going back to the quarterback position when the quarterback is playing at that high of a level, it almost doesn't really matter. It, I mean, it does matter. You have to have the guys to be able to catch the ball and whatnot, but like he makes the team so much better when, when he's playing so well and the rest of the guys, like the running game was just not there. So you had to have the passing game to step up and um, you know, it wasn't a super clean performance by the offense because the running game wasn't there, but pass game was, was phenomenal. So. I love that. And I love the fact that they, they used Hooper last night as, hey, there is the first down marker. Take your big old body down there, post up like Shaq. We're going to throw it. And if they can go through you, they can go around you. God bless them. But the odds are they're probably not going to be able to do that. We're going to flip it up here with John on your Tuesday Locked On Browns. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball where I don't think anybody saw this coming. And we've certainly talked you know, over the years with John, where every now and then you get a unicorn. Um, I think we had a unicorn yesterday on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to get to that as we keep rolling through. Stick around here. Locked on Browns. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season and the playoffs. And there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer and clearer. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Look, this week, you're all going to be off. You're going to be around. You got games Friday. You got games Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday. Uh, Looking to put maybe a little extra, you know, Christmas money came in. Why not parlay that stuff? Let's go. Turn that stuff over. Uh, college football still, you know, obviously stuff to come with the playoffs. Um, NBA uh, tipping off, I believe it's even tonight. 
So obviously, uh, plenty of if you're looking for action, Bet Online will have it for you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at, at BetOnline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. And again, the promo code locked on all caps, no space for your sign up bonus. Bet online. John, we got a unicorn last night. Um, and needed it. Uh, look, we've talked about the safety position, how important it is to Joe Woods. Um, and the duo of starting safeties you were throwing out there last night uh, certainly had you holding your fingers. But, you know, Carl Joseph, whether it was coverage, whether it was playing around the line of scrimmage, whether it was getting physical, he 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 stepped up last night. And when you have this amount of turnover on defense and guys in and out on a weekly basis, you can't just say to the defensive line, all right, we'll kill the quarterback, create some turnovers, and hopefully that's going to be enough. The Everybody's kind of got to do their part. And, you know, for the, probably the first, I would say mostly the first half, Carl Joseph was just a man on men. Yeah, um, he, you know, had the eight tackles, two assists, um, had three stops. But then when he was targeted, this is the big thing, is that in every game prior to this when he has been targeted, at least given up at least 50% of the passes that were targeted towards him um, and came into the game with, with one interception, which was a gimme in, in week three, um, and just two, and one pass breakup. In this game alone, he had two pass breakups um, and had a passer rating when targeted of just a 45.8. So he was targeted six times, only allowed two catches. And then he was, you know, he had that big stop in the hole that, you know, everybody was talking about or whatever, uh, basically stopping a touchdown. So that was a phenomenal, phenomenal tackle there. It's a, it's a performance that probably a better quarterback doesn't give up the, doesn't, isn't quite, (laughs) he probably, he put it, puts it in a better spot. That's not allowed, allowed to get broken up. But give him kudos to making the plays when they were there to be made. Um, he made some big plays. That he obviously broke up a touchdown pass, a couple of them, um, and was in, in good coverage on a couple other play, uh, times as well. But this is kind of like I go back to this, and I know I'm, I'm we're talking about Carl Joseph. I think this is a, this is what Denzel Ward brings to the table for the Browns defense is that it allows the rest of the defense to. I mean, there's several times in this game where he was in press man and everybody else was in zone. So everybody else could shift their zones away from Denzel Ward, knowing he's got this. We don't have to worry about him. And then for whatever reason, Colt McCoy kept targeting him, and you know most of the time with, with no success. But um, this this a lot. It just helps so much the rest of the defense. And just imagine, can't imagine what will happen when he's healthy, and then potentially Ronnie Harrison comes back, and just that whole unit. But you know, give kudos to Carl Joseph. He had he stepped up when he needed him, and just like a. A few weeks ago when, when uh, Andrew Sandejo did the same thing, you know, it's just you get those games, you need those guys to step up. Well, and the thing with Denzel Ward being on the field is you turn it into a 10-on-9 ball game. You've got 10 on defense. Obviously, the reason we say 9 is because the quarterback, in most cases, doesn't matter. Of course, that is slightly changing, obviously, with the athleticism at the position nowadays. But it, it, it makes your defense's job easier. Nobody says, oh, well, to Denzel. No, Denzel doesn't need help. We're not worried about that. Um, the 
the news broke, I guess, let's see if it was an 820 kickoff, about 645. Um, a certain linebacker was not going to be part of last night's activities. Um, they switched it up. Uh, is it getting any better at the linebacker position, John? I mean, look, uh, for what they have invested into it, I think people, you have to basically understand you're going to get what you get when you have what they have invested in it. Um, but is it improving um, to the point where, and I thought Coach Stefanski today was kind of interesting because the one thing we've always thought about Mac is, you know, here's a guy that really puts in the work. It just doesn't seem to translate. However, when asked about it today, it was mentioning of, you know, putting in the work during the week, which maybe, you know, a little blemish, I guess, on that respect, but the linebacking group, John. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's figuring out who you want to put in there. So we talked a little bit about Sione Takitaki last week. He was – he's since he, he – they figure out the role they wanted for him. So first four weeks they were trying to figure out how to utilize him. He was not grading well. Um, since that time, he was grading that as, as a top five linebacker in the NFL. He's not a starter. That's not what he is. He's a Sam linebacker that you play on the line of scrimmage, and then you, you can – you can put him in there on three linebacker sets, right? So his grade since week this weeks five to present, 86.9. That is that's phenomenal. BJ Goodson's been has really come on strong, I would say, as well. Um, and Malcolm Smith has has played well as, as well. So like both those guys in upper sixties in their grades. So sixty-eight point five for BJ Goodson. Malcolm Smith is sixty-seven point four since basically the, the same time period. Um Malcolm Smith Good in coverage, 74.2. BJ Goodson's more of your run stopper guy. So I think the biggest part of why the linebacker positions always look so badly is because Mac Wilson is extremely bad at that position. He's a 31.6, you know, you know, the last seven weeks or whatever it is. It's just so bad that it's a big liability for this defense um, when you have a weak point like that. So if you can get guys in there that play at that average level, I mean, you're you're fine. That that's a fine position. I don't. I think what they they've been able to do is find those pieces in that linebacker core with just, you know rotation with Goodson, Smith, Taki Taki, and and we'll see with Jacob Phillips. He has you know he only has 102 snaps. He did not have a great game last night. Um, had missed some tackles, but overran some things. Yep. But I mean, he's a, he's a guy that we'll see. I mean, I, I I was not super high on him and coming out, but he was he was a sure tackler at LSU. Um, only missed three tackles all of last year. Granted, he's missed two already, and you know, last night. But um, you know, I, I think they, I think they're figuring out at that linebacker position. I do not see it to be a a weak point for this team. I see the the weak point for this team to be when they when they don't have their healthy safeties, the safety position to be the weak point, and then the defensive the defensive interior, um, the defensive line interior part. So those are the weak points in this defense because. When those guys, I mean, just look at those. The look at the Giants last night. I think this is a great example. That defensive line is awesome. Nobody ever talked about maybe those linebackers for the Giants being bad because because they're being kept clean. That this mm-hmm. defense line holds up those blocks. It allows those guys to, get, to run free to the linebacker to the running backs in those run plays, um, and it also allows them to get you know get depth and, and coverage and stuff like that when it when it's in, in coverage and if you have a Baker, you know, guy that plays like Baker Mayfield did last night, it's really not much you can do about that from a defensive perspective. But um, 
I see the weakness to be the defensive line, being, you know, mostly for this defense, um, you know, as well as the safeties. So the linebackers, I think Joe Woods has kind of figured it out for them. Long, long way to go about that. Well, I mean, and we're talking, you know, ideally, like he's going to want to have more safeties on the field anyway. So if the linebackers are just going to basically have to steer somebody towards it. All right. If you were heads up, make sure he's going left or, you know, you square to him, either get him down or make sure he's going to right. Cause that's where your assistance is. Cause this is all going to be driven through them. The D line, um, John with the, you know, watching the, the giants offensive line, the previous Sunday against the Cardinals, Hassan Reddick looked like a combination of Lawrence Taylor and freaking Reggie white. And then you look last night at this Browns defensive line. And it wasn't until, you know, late, 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 late to where the game was pretty much decided that, you know, they finally got one sack. Um, you know, Miles has spoken on it. And this is one thing that I think people aren't truly understanding is, you know, okay, well, he's back from COVID. He's fine. It's, well, no, no, he didn't have a tummy ache. <laughs> he literally had a, a devastating virus that is tearing this country to pieces right now. And even when you are back and okay to play, very similar to when you have an injury, there's a difference between being back and able to play as opposed to being truly back. You know, Miles had spoken about this. Um, but I, I will say this defensive line, the effort last night, I, I was I was a little surprised. Um, look, you know, Colton McCoy is no spring chicken. He was, you know, had some mobility back in the day, but it was never elite mobility. I really thought we were going to see more production out of this defensive line last night. Yeah. Um, you know, Miles didn't look like Miles out there, right? So he just looked, he just constantly looked like a step slow for him. And especially against Andrew Thomas, who's not been good this year. Um, he's one of the worst graded left tackles in the NFL this year. Um, credit to Colt McCoy for setting protection properly and, and getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, but yeah, Miles, Omaha, Miles Omaha. you know, I, he, he surprised me last night, you know, in terms of just his, his command of that offense and just command of, of, of the quarterback position. Sure. He wasn't great last night, but he wasn't the liability. He's not going to be the type of guy that's going to win you games, but um, for miles, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a medical doctor and I, and I also haven't had COVID. Um, so I don't know how the ebbs and flows. But you did of, stay at a holiday Inn express last night, but go ahead. I, I did stay at a holiday Inn express. So let me comment on, on some medical stuff here. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I I make that comment all the time, and people it just goes over their head like they've never seen that commercial before. And it's like, have you, do you live under a rock? Like, so we get each other, John. This is where we get each other. Exactly. So, um, you know, what's interesting though for weeks thirteen and fourteen, the first two games back from COVID, he had a ninety point four in his first game back, and then the seventy seven point nine over. These are overall both of really productive as a pass rusher. With, you know, seven total pressures in those games, um, multiple wins as a pass rusher. You know, I wonder if like the Monday night game, the shorter week Monday night game of, of just the the energy that game took out of this team, um, plus then coming in for a, a you know Sunday night game, and then you know maybe it's an ebbs and flows thing. So like, some days you feel good, some days you don't, and maybe last night he just did not feel good coming you know trying to um, you know deal with the the residuals of COVID. So. Um, really hope that, you know, he's getting better. Um, and you know, you have to trust the medical staff and, and, and whatnot of the Cleveland Browns of, you know, he, it, you're showing progress, but it's an ebbs and flows things. It's some days you're at a high and it, you're feeling really good. And the next day, maybe it's really bad. And maybe today is like a really the day that he's going to be feeling better. Who knows? But, 
Um, you know, obviously for the playoffs and this, and this, you know, the last two games of the season, you want him at peak physical condition because he can, along with Benzo Ward and Arani Harrison, like the defense can can really shut down teams if they are firing at all cylinders. And but the de- the rest of the defense line, it was rather disappointing. Um, though you have to give credit for to Colt McCoy, he was getting rid of the ball quickly and on time for a lot of those plays. Um, then there was a, there was a couple of plays where like you know Olivier Vernon got called for a holding, uh, got not. His, his blocker was called for holding on a play that he was really close to getting the sack. Um, you know, stuff like that does happen. And, you know, Vernon didn't – he played pretty well. He had four pressures in that game. He had a hit. Um, just didn't just didn't have the sack, right? So um, – but you do want more out of that defensive line for sure. 100%, because we've seen weeks against, uh, you know, better offensive lines where they've had their way. And your point on Colt McCoy – and this is, you know, one thing, and we're not going to get this any, you know, when uh, stadiums can be filled with fans. My wife watching it, he's like, she's like, so he's probably going to coach one day, right? Yeah, Colt McCoy, if he wants to coach, the opportunity is going to be there. You can see the intelligence and just the maneuvering of people from a backup quarterback. That's how guys like Colt McCoy stay in this league for 10, 12 years. We're going to get back here. We'll talk a little bit. Jets coming up this week and probably have a little fun with it at some aspects. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to get to a little bit more here. Keep sticking around. Jeff Lloyd, John Costco on your Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or the golf bag to power through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it is very easy on my stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine. B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks it to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Dot com. Let's go. John, Jets at Los Angeles yesterday. I And for me, this is Adam Gase of saying, you want to know what? I know I'm out of here. You all know I'm out of here. And I don't even think their effort was probably good enough to beat the Rams yesterday somehow. And we all know the way the NFL works. Every now and then you get one of these moments. Um, but a franchise, possibly a franchise-defining moment for the New York Jets in a game that they won? Um, what idiots. What incredible idiots. What is it? What's the, the gift from, um, what, what an idiot. Um, like, I mean, the, the Rams played a better game. Um, they're the, obviously the better team, like from a grading standpoint, like that, that shouldn't have been a win for the jets, but like that is the NFL. You have NFL players out there. They, 
they can luck into wins. Um, we saw it with the old line; they're on scholarship too, so you know they have the opportunity on any given day. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's not as if the Jets don't have talent on the roster to to make plays and and stuff like that, right? So they have a they have a solid they have a they have solid pieces on that team, and like Sam Darnold is a. He, he's a has a talent as a quarterback. He has he can have these games, these one off games, which is like man, and he's making these throws. He's not missing, and it, it felt like that early for me. It's like he was hitting like tight windowed throws, and it's like hmm, the good Sam Gar- Darnold showed up today. This is not going to be easy for the Rams, and it felt like the Rams came in there thinking they're just going to roll over them because they it's just what they you know the Seahawks has rolled over them forty to three the previous week. Um, one of the things too, from a defense perspective for the Jets is that even though Greg Williams is not there anymore, they, they, they can't just like bring in a new, entirely new system and, and run that. They still have Greg Williams' system, which is like insanely difficult for quarterbacks to decipher because I watch it all the time and I look, mm, I have no idea what this coverage is, <laughs> you know, it's, and I, I watch, I do that for a living. Like I look at coverages every single day, every Every, like for the past like five, six, seven years, and I played safety. And there's things on their their defense. It's like I don't know what they're even trying to do, but it so it confuses you. Can't imagine what it does to the quarterback trying to decipher what's going on when they're dropping back. Um, this Browns should be able to beat the Jets. I, there's no question about that, right? But it's just like it's the NFL. Just like the New York Giants went up against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago and beat them. Just like the Jets came went you know beat the the Rams. This you know yesterday, um, you have to be able to, you have to come up and show up and work and and not assume anything at all in this league. So um, I mean that's kind of like what I got on that game. It's just that they they have these exotic looks and they can. You know, Sam Darnold has these games where he can play good enough to to beat you. And and last night or yesterday was one of one of those games. Well, and, you know, the news now is, you know, today that uh, Quinn Williams has a concussion, um, which most likely takes oh. him out. Yeah. Ooh. He was he was actually throwing up walking to the locker room. Oh, so, he's, probably I mean, out. Can, he's probably done for the year. Um, yeah. I, I don't see how you risk, you know, and, and with all that he's had and how he's turned around is um, and, and for the Jets, like that was it. It was like, all right, well, we had we had one thing in the holster. We found one left, like the war movies, where oh god, we got one bullet left. Throw the gun, shoot it. Hopefully, we get the guy. That was it. He's a stud. And, like I, I love him as a player. He's he really, he's really stepped it up this year. Really, really stepped it up this year. Quick, yeah, strong. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He hasn't um, like any, you know, one of the highest graded players on on the team. And obviously, it's not saying much when it comes to Jets, but. Um, he's one of the highest graded defensive tackles in the NFL at an 81.4. I mean, he's, he, he gets after it as a run defense and as a pass rusher, has eight sacks, eight hits, 23 hurries this season. So he's he's a really good piece that they're going to miss. Marcus May is another one that they they have that's really good. They they have good pieces. So it's not as if this team is just de- devoid of talent. So. There's just not enough. There's just not nearly enough of it. But imagine, um, imagine, had, imagine trying to win that game. Sorry to interrupt you, but right? imagine trying to win that right? game and, and pass up on the number one over pick. Like at this point, like why? What are you doing? It's, I had the same feeling when twenty. It was twenty sixteen when the Browns went one and fifteen. Week you're winning week sixteen and you're at zero oh and fifteen. You beat the Chargers and I'm just, I'm just thinking, man, that's a relief. But it's like, oh crap, like. We're gonna miss out on the number one pick because because we won a game. There's only like, one good thing that can happen here for this year 
for being this absolute crap is that we get first dibs. But, but then first at that dibs. same time, the San Francisco 49ers decided to win that later that afternoon. And it's like, thank God. <laughs> it's like, because it's like at this point, it's that the whole, the difference between the, the, the number one pick in that draft and the number two pick in that draft was Miles Garrett went number one. Number two went Mr. Trubisky. And imagine if the consolation prize was Mitchell Trubisky. Naturally, you potentially could have traded back because the Bears really wanted to go up. Potentially, you get Patrick Mahomes. Like, that would have been my choice. But, like, so there is that shot, but it's still at the same time. It's like you you want to be able to make sure you get your guy. And missing out on Trevor Lawrence, and I, I will say this about the draft, and I'll, I'll get off this whole thing, but the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who everybody thinks is the next best quarterback after Trevor Lawrence, is massive. It's a massive gap. Like, there's a there's a. Just, I don't know if people watched this game this past weekend for Justin Fields. Like, when he, he has a long ways to go, he can develop to be a really good, productive quarterback. But Trevor Lawrence can come in day one and be be a top ten quarterback in the NFL. So that, uh, that's and the thing with. Go ahead. No, I'm oh, just, no that, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think the thing with Fields is once one thing goes wrong, we start to go down the hill with the snowball. And then all of a sudden, you know, and I think it gets in the back of his head and these type of things. Where I think Fields has a really good opportunity in this league is this is where a lot of these teams want to go. You want to go guy with arm. You want to go super athlete. See, Lawrence, the arm is so good. There is athleticism. But that's like uh, the athleticism with Trevor Lawrence. That's rainy day. We're not using this. It, we'll use it if we have to. Um, but by all means, well, your right Lawrence, arm is what's going to get it done, son. Yeah, Lawrence is is might have the same athleticism as Justin Fields. With sure, probably pretty close. Yes. Like I mean, he's probably going to run under like a four six five or or better. Um, Fields is probably going to run into four fives. Like that's the difference in terms of like their speed or whatever. And like Lawrence is probably not like the, the shifty type of athlete that, that fields is or whatever. Um, like fields to me is like a Deshaun Watson type guy. Um, that's more accurate when he sees it, when he more, he's a more accurate quarter, but has a better arm than Deshaun Watson coming out. Like Deshaun Watson's really improved his arm and his, his accuracy and stuff like that. And he's, he's clearly a top top eight quarterback in the league now. Um, so that's the, you know, if that's their ideal, uh, you know, trajectory you know, for trajectory for um, for Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence's trajectory, though, is like a in year two, he might be a top five quarterback already. Like that's a Peyton Manning type type of trajectory that he has with like like inc- incredible athleticism as it is. So, well, and the other thing is, if you know you're Jacksonville, you got money. And now the best part is, is you can open yourself up to everybody, GM wise, coach wise, like. Um, here you go. We got you your trophy, wife. <laughs> Who's good enough to come lead all of this? And whoever is quarterbacking the Jacksonville Jaguars for the next two weeks, um, you're probably going to be throwing left-handed because they're going to do whatever they can to not accidentally screw this up and back their way out of this. Uh, you know, Jets, if you want to go all out like you know, you're playing for a Super Bowl, you might as well because Jacksonville – uh, it might be like the water boy. Hey, what do you think of my new offense? When he just started taking it, said, "Huh, oh, take a knee. And then we're coming on out of there. Might be the best way to go. Red Bow U offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars for the final two weeks. Um, guys, it's always a place with John. Um, uh, to John and his family, uh, uh, the best happy holidays uh, with everything. 
And I know it's kind of been a miss. We haven't really talked about it uh, much or mentioned it. And we will a little bit more this week. But it's, it's just a different holiday season. And Browns-wise, <laughs> I mean, we've got it. I mean, like the tree, I mean, we've got the we've got the presence under the tree. Uh, we're going to talk about this team. We have not done one draft-specific show yet on Locked on Browns. In years past, we're probably, you know, 25 deep by now uh, or have one scheduled per week. Um, so it's been fantastic. We're just going to enjoy the ride. Uh, at John Costco 3, uh, senior analyst over at PFF, uh, does a fantastic job. I just appreciate talking with uh, Ball with John. And the other thing is we kind of get each other's idiot references, which always makes for a great <laughs> show, which is good stuff. Um, the show itself, Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. You guys know that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, help your guy out here as we're just trying to close out another fantastic calendar year and giving you guys the best Cleveland Browns coverage we possibly can. We've put together a great team over the years of guys that, you know, you, who've become regulars here on the show. You guys all appreciate to hear them. Um, and it's different because, like, I'll hear from different people as opposed to, huh? Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> He's a fan of the ass. Although we had a great one last night because we were called, I called Nick Harris a bouncer. Uh, Pete said he looks like a big old ham with arms out there kind of running around. Um, but God bless him. I mean, look, hey, it don't matter what you look like, if you get the job done. Um, but guys, everybody, you know, we're going to continue through this week. Um, they told me I could limit the shows because it's the holidays. It's just not the way we roll here. You guys know that. And we show up, we do our job every day. Um, plus, everybody's enjoying the ride, everybody's enjoying the high. Let's continue with that this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob